Bretto, can you believe it? The Wellness Summit is almost here. Oh, I'm P. I'm so excited. I don't know what to do with myself. Well, Bretto, it's been two long years since our last Wellness Summit. And if you're listening to this, folks, and don't have a ticket, then... What are you doing? The Wellness Couch family of podcasters gather for two days in Melbourne on Saturday, August 25 and 26, featuring... The Queen of Nutrition, Cindy O'Meara. The rock star of wellness, Dr. Damien Christoph. Connect with your spirit and soul with Barley Bomb survivor, Karen Smith. Self-care is on the menu with Kim Morrison. Master the art of aging well with the one and only Marcus Pierce. Oh, shucks, Bretto. What about how to recover from rock bottom with Dr. Brett Hill? Master your stress with Dr. Maria Zushman. Get empowered with Imogen Bailey. Female health experts, Dr. Andrea Huddleston and Ashley Bond. Master your sleep with Audra Starkey. The natural nutritionist, Steph Lowe. Australian Idol winner, Wes Carr. Woohoo! And Quirky Cooking's Joe Witten and Fuad Kassab, and a whole lot more. Oh, what a lineup, MP. Seriously, why would you not be coming to the Wellness Summit? Not to mention our world class exhibition of Australia's most incredible sustainable wellness products and services. MP, we've done the final layout. There are less than 100 spaces left. And there's only a few discounted tickets available at thewellnesssummit.com. Marcus, be there or be square. Zazen Alkaline Water presents the 2018 Wellness Summit, Saturday, August 25 and 26 at the Collingwood Town Hall. Getting quick, folks. The final release of discounted tickets available at thewellnesssummit.com. See you there, Bretto. The Naked Naturopath is super excited to team up with Remedy Kombucha to help bring this podcast to you. I'm always talking fermented foods and drinks, and I based my cookbooks around the health benefits of these things. Sarah and Emmett Condon started Remedy on their kitchen bench, just like I did when I started experimenting. They make their drinks the old school way in small batches using a long-aged brewing process. What they have now is the tastiest, healthiest, raw kombucha going around. This means that it still has all of those good bacteria and live cultures, organic acids and antioxidants that are great for your gut and your overall well-being and health. You can find out more and order online via remedydrinks.com. And for all my amazing listeners that are here on the podcast, you can get a treat by entering the code TNN for The Naked Naturopath at the checkout. You'll get 20% off and free delivery. Thanks, Emmett and Sarah, and enjoy the podcast today. TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. You're listening to Melissa Gearing, The Naked Naturopath. Mel is a qualified naturopath, herbalist, and nutritionist. She can't wait to share her thoughts on all things health and wellness with you. My name is Melissa Gearing, and I am The Naked Naturopath. Thanks for listening in. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to The Naked Naturopath. Today on the show, I have an awesome guest who I'm super excited to talk about. Her name is Nikki Warren. She is a naturopath, a fellow naturopath, nutritionist, herbalist like myself, but uniquely she is also the creator and owner of NaturoBest. And NaturoBest is a range of preconception, conception, post-conception formulas that have been specifically and scientifically formulated for 
modern day pregnancies and I'm I'm so so pleased to welcome you Nikki and talk about you know we, we had a little chat there before we started recording and it's just it's a podcast that's really needed at the moment and yeah. um yeah I'm so pleased to have you on welcome absolutely for sure yeah um Great. so it, yeah you started Naturobest how long ago uh, so we launched uh, two years ago. Um, I started the project about three years ago. It takes a long time to sort of get your head around everything. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> the TGA. Um, but, um, and it's, a, it's a, a massive process. You have no idea as a naturopath what goes into it. And um, I have more of an appreciation for this, <laughs> the, the, the whole manufacturing side of things now for sure. Absolutely. So you're a naturopath yeah. um, practicing in clinic seeing uh, women with fertility and um, yes. like conception issues and then decided that there was nothing really on the market that you were happy with? Well, yeah, um, sort of. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, what actually sort of uh, began with my second pregnancy of why I decided to design the range. Um, but I should probably start with what inspired me to study naturopathy. Mm. Um, so years ago I was diagnosed with PCOS, so that's polycystic okay. ovaries, and I went to numerous practitioners, including doctors, specialists, and acupuncturists, a homeopath, and all I did was spend thousands of dollars. I tried different drugs and treatments and they didn't work mm. and finally I saw a naturopath and I'd never actually heard of a naturopath before so I was yeah. a bit sceptical <laughs> uh, but she was a student and it was free and I thought oh well I've got Give it a go. to lose and, yeah. Yeah. and uh, she gave me a liquid herbal blend to take and it was the most disgusting thing yeah. I had ever tasted <laughs> that's what all my clients still get um, but I persevered and three weeks later I finally got my period after not having my wow, period and yeah. so I was stoked I couldn't believe how quickly it worked yeah. um, you know I started losing uh, weight and I was losing the acne that was on my chin and yeah, I was just ecstatic and um then I got another period three weeks later and I was like, what are these magical herbs? I need to study this. <laughs> <laughs> so while I was studying, I ended up falling pregnant, which was a bit of a surprise pregnancy. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't planned. Yeah. And, um, and I immersed myself in, in supplementation for pregnancy, herbs to take for birth preparation and learned so much along the way. And mm. I thought, I really have to do something with all of this information. And so I decided to become a fertility naturopath. And um, so then over the next 10 years, I kept studying. And while I was doing my health science degree, I did an assignment on morning sickness. And that was very timely because I was planning on having my second baby the next year. And I learned that taking iron supplements in the first tri trimester can make your morning sickness worse. And mm. it definitely does because it's how I discovered I was pregnant before I did a test. <laughs> I took my daily iron supplement uh, and I vomited within 10 minutes. Yeah, so yeah. I did a pregnancy test and sure enough, I was pregnant. So then I designed my own pregnancy supplement and had it made through a compounding pharmacist and it was the same formula as the Natrobest prenatal trimester one and it worked amazingly. Yeah. During my first pregnancy I had horrendous morning sickness mm. and this time around it was manageable. So um, then I changed the formula to what is now known as the trimester two and three formula and the formulas worked so well for me. I started using them with my customers with great results as well and I thought I really have to take this to the market because there's nothing out there like it and um, yeah, it's been a great success so far which is great. It's awesome. Yeah, I love, yeah. I love, love, love. Love the supplements in clinic. Oh, good. As you great. know now, like after all your study, PCOS is something that is very 
uh, well, I, I would hazard to say easily treated with herbs. I find that people yes. generally get a great response. Absolutely. So and, do I. Yeah. And I, I guess by default. Excuse me. Oh, you're right. <laughs> it happens. <laughs> I mean, you know, by default, it, um, taking herbal medicine like that kind of makes you more fertile, whether that was your goal or not, because by fixing that period or that cycle you know its purpose becomes um yes. quite clear <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i often have to warn people like you know yes oh, i can absolutely. i can make your and cycle beautiful but please be aware yeah. that you yes. have to use some i was never warned i sort of figured out it's like oh my god the fertility herbs yeah That's how I was making my cycle more it took me a couple of doozies yeah. before i realized oh i i really because we don't learn that in you no. know i didn't learn that in, as, as a student I. either so yeah it no. took me a couple of doozies to be like oh i know what i'm doing <laughs> I'm making these babies accidentally for people. Yes. Yeah. Whoop. Sorry, guys. No, but they're all little beautiful babies. Yeah, they are. They are. <laughs> Very they wanted. Are. My daughter is absolutely beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. so I guess your own personal experience drove you into such a specific field. Um, yes. And did you find that, I guess, that response from herbs and supplements and stuff like that for fertility really made you more passionate to go into the, such a niche kind of thing? Absolutely. Um, I just, what I love is that, um, oh, I, I love hormones. I'm obsessed with hormones. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't think many people really say that. Yeah. I think everyone else is, I love hormones. Yeah. No, no, no. yeah. yeah. Oh, well, that's funny because when I was studying, you know, I mean, I couldn't even tell you all the muscles in the body. Oh, my God. I was just like, oh, boring. <laughs> you know, yeah. I, didn't, I really didn't want to learn massage. But when we got to the endocrine system, I was like, yes, this so is the reproductive system. Jam. You know, yeah, yeah that, that was. Um, that was my passion, and um, and what I love is is that that's where we've got something um, over the pharmaceutical industry mm -hmm. um, because whenever you go to the doctor and you've got uh, say PCOS or you've got heavy periods or you've got any kind of um, reproductive issue really <laughs> they'll say go on the pill yeah that's the only thing they've got yeah and um herbs shine you know we've yeah. we've got so many superstar herbs out there that work and um and i love using them and i love the results that i get and i love converting people into yeah. like you know wow this is amazing this, and you actually know, treat it and help and give symptomatic relief you know many of my women once they they go on the pill and things are all kind of good and oh they're okay and then they come off the pill and all that stuff's still hanging around or mm -hmm. has possibly worsened, which um, yes. is a worry. Yeah, um, I mean, the pill for me, I feel like that caused a lot of my issues mm. um, and, um, and it causes severe nutrient depletion. One of them is folate and that's terrible yes. if you're going to go off the pill and then get pregnant straight yes. away. Shocking. It yes. depletes zinc, you know, all of the things that we need for a healthy mm. pregnancy. So, yeah. Um, I think there's a general um, lack of knowledge in women despite despite um people being more interested in their general um health but the reproductive health there seems to be a real lack of knowledge and i yes. this was kind of demonstrated to me just the other day by a client who i saw over a year ago who came in and she had a horrific horrific cycle and a really mm. heavy heavy painful bleed and i said have you ever got it checked out no no this is my normal cycle um you know very much thought that that was just how things were mm. and mm. She has come back to me. It's been a year because she's had multiple operations for um, cysts, fibroids, severe, severe endo, had part of her bowel resected, um, oh, like God. horrific, horrific. And yeah. 
Yeah, I had a fallopian tube removed, so now she's only got one and is looking to obviously <sighs> try and the doctors are pushing her to really um, start uh, trying for a baby because it's, it's yes. late. You know, she's mid-30s and she's only got one fallopian mm. tube left and thought that mm. that was a really normal period. Um, Poor thing. I know, and I often ask women how long their cycle is and they reply with their lead time, you know, like yeah. three, or four, yeah. three or four days. Yeah, I get that. So yeah. I would yeah. love um, a basic rundown on a woman's cycle from you if you don't mind giving that for the listeners. Yeah, absolutely. Just so women know. Yeah, yeah, because I, I get the same answer um, as well in my clinic. Yeah. And, um, so your cycle is from day one of your period, and that's the first proper day of bleeding, not spotting, which um, you can sometimes get the day before your period, mm-hmm. and it's until the day before your next period. So um, every woman is different. Um, cycles can vary from around 21 days, 35 days. Um, I actually go into cycles in detail in my Preparing for Pregnancy course, which is available on my Nikki Warren Naturopath website. And Ooh. there you can see the charts of how, you know, the hormones flow throughout the cycle as well yep. and why we're doing certain tests on certain days and things like that. I love that, handing that information mm. back to, mm. you know, the public. is so important, yep. especially for women. Yeah, absolutely. Because I think when you have a visual chart, just it really helps, helps sort of sink yeah. in. Of, yeah. You know, that this is this is what's happening at different times of my cycle. Yeah, and and why they're going to feel a bit emotional before their um, period? Because um, and I've listened to podcasts before where they say that you know PMS is not normal, but um, I tend to disagree with that a little bit. I think severe PMS is abnormal. Mm-hmm. But I do think that, you know, you cannot have that, that, that flow of hormones and the increase in the hormones and not have any effect on your emotions at all. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think that is normal. And it's um, and, the, and the Chinese actually look at it in a different way. They've got the yin and the yang. And, yes. you know, we, 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 when we're in that sort of uh, reproductive stage of our life, we're, in a, we're very yin, which is feminine. And then we go into the yang, which is, in, you know, in perimenopause and, and, and the menopause years, and we become a bit more masculine. That's what the yang is associated mm. with and I think we should embrace that definitely I think we should you know um yeah yeah no and, and let's embrace the fact that we have you know um different stages of our cycles and yeah we might be a little bit high maintenance for our partners yeah. you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's why they have even tempers when they're supposed to <laughs> you know, they, well, they keep us grounded yeah exactly <laughs> and would you say that pain is normal I would say a, a, a you know mild pain is normal um, for, for for a period because that actually is an indication that you've ovulated mm-hmm. um, and um, and you'll see that in in, in scientific uh, research articles as well. That's that's something I've sort of looked into as well because mm-hmm. dysmenorrhea is very common, yes. uh, which is um, period pain, but having severe pain is not normal. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So day one um, is the the bleed start. Yep. Itself. Yep. And then going through, you know, say five, six days of bleeding on average? Yeah, or even um, I went to a seminar years ago with Ruth mm-hmm. Tricky. Yes, yeah. And um, she calls a normal a normal bleed about two to three days. Wow, okay. Um, yeah, that's, yeah, it's interesting. It's interesting because I'm uh, now in my early 40s and, and I now have a, a three-day cycle, uh, three, yeah. sorry, a three-day bleed and um yeah, and, and it's a lot lighter, but um, I, I certainly didn't have that when I was younger. Yeah. And, um, you know, I'd, uh, yeah, I would say five days is, is quite normal. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't suspect that that's abnormal. And mm-hmm. I wouldn't think that, if, you know, a client was coming to see me, I wouldn't think, oh, that's a bit too long. Yeah. Um, but, you know, when you, um, I'm taking Premular every day. 
Um, and I do notice that the lead becomes a bit shorter when, yeah. you, when you're on that, yeah. mm, which is Phytex, yeah. So you're, yeah. you know, you're, by the time your bleed stops, you're already um, almost a week into your period cycle. By the time, what, sorry? So oh, by the time you <laughs> no, you're right. By the time your bleed stops, you're, you're almost a week into your cycle, yes. yes. And Absolutely. then what's a normal kind yeah. of um, cycle time that you see? Um, so, you know, that, that it really varies. Um, a lot of women have quite short cycles, so 21 days. Mm -hmm. um, but, um, you know, so a lot of women can have a 35-day cycle, but um, so-called, you know, perfect or normal is 28 to 29 days. Yes. Um, <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> yeah. That really, yeah. um, you know, and saying that mine, mine always used to be when I was in my twenties, you know, before I was, um, before I went through all the issues with polycystic ovaries, which actually happened after I came off the pill. Mm. That was quite interesting. Mm. Mm. And so, would you say? Are we still saying that that um, ovulation time is around day fifteen? So it's going to be around ten days after you stop bleeding. Yeah, ovulation is usually 14 days before your next period. So okay. so usually your luteal phase would last for 14 days. That's, that's what they say. But it doesn't always work like that. It yeah. depends on your progesterone levels and things. Yeah, so, cool. Yeah. It yeah. gives us a bit of an idea of a, a cycle and yeah. um, looking at how many days, I guess, you know, your cycle does go for. Yeah, I think that's yeah. a real... and so that's where it's important for women that are testing um, for yeah. ovulation, you know, yeah. doing the ovulation predictor mm -hmm. kit. Um, a lot of them miss it. I, I tell them to start on day eight of their cycle yeah, just so yeah. that they don't miss it because, um, you know, you might ovulate. In fact, with my son, <laughs> I was going to be trying for a girl again. And I always ovulated on day 12. It was just, you know, clockwork, always yeah. day 12. And this um, one time, so, you know, so we were going to have sex, you know, like two days or one day before yeah. um, ovulation to really increase the chance of having a girl. And um, <laughs> so we're having sex every day <laughs> leading up to that sort of day 11 <laughs> and um, had had sex in the morning on day nine. And then that afternoon I felt the ovulation pain. I was like, no, oh. no. <laughs> 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 and sure enough, he was <laughs> yeah <laughs> there's a real i guess there's a real power in knowing that stuff isn't there it's so good yeah yeah so i guess that takes us really it's a good kind of um bypass into fertility um yes. you know uh, what what really makes it stop and start and what's good and mm. bad like we all know stress is bad for it but how big is that mm. negative effect on women's chance of falling and keeping? Because I mean, yeah. we, we're yes. evolutionary beings, right? We've had, yeah. um, we've fallen pregnant despite stress for thousands of years. Absolutely, so, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's different for different women. I mean, um, you know, you can get some some real stress cadets that fall pregnant easily. Yes. <laughs> you know, maybe their bodies are just used to it. Um, but, um, but stress does impact fertility. Um, and infertility in particular in itself is stressful. And mm -hmm. um, and I know it's really hard when you're struggling to conceive, but the worst thing you can do is obsess over it. Yeah. And I see it in my clinic all the time. And you need to find ways to reduce anxiety. And, um, you know, a naturopath might be able to give you herbs and diet and lifestyle measures to help reduce that anxiety. But what a woman needs to do is really work on their thought patterns because mm -hmm. thoughts lead to feelings which lead to the emotional impact on your body. Mm -hmm. um, so you, so it's really about finding a good counsellor or friend and talking through how, how you're feeling and try to focus on the now, you know. If, if you don't have kids yet, enjoy that time with your partner because mm. you're not going to get it again for a no. long time, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you 
look back on and you go, oh, man, I had so much time yeah. freedom and, and, you know, and um, and just trust in your body, trust that you will conceive. Yeah. And, um, you know, one way that stress impacts fertility is that it causes something called progesterone steel. And that's where having high cortisol levels for an extended period leads to your body trying to man- manufacture more cortisol yeah. and using progesterone as a source of power for that. So mm. progesterone is what helps us to sustain the pregnancy. And if we have low levels, we might miscarry. Yeah. So it's it's really vital to, to try and just sort of get on top of that stress. And and, and it's, it's a good idea to implement those um, stress-reducing um, techniques now anyway because you're going to need them later when you're a mum for sure. So yoga, exercise, you mentioned diet herbs, lifestyle mm-hmm. stuff, or, yeah. or, you know, my husband, my husband's a um, exercise physiologist and, I, you know, we know the benefits of exercise for stress Absolutely. reduction and coping mechanisms and stuff like Absolutely. that. Absolutely, um, yeah. Really yeah. And, um, and, you know, exercise even for um, for your hormones, you know, yeah. if, you've got, um, yep. if you've got high estrogen, it can help um, reduce that estrogen, you know, exercise and, um, and move thyroid hormones around in the body it's just i mean we're not everyone knows the exercise is amazing for you and and all you need to do is just do some like you just you know yeah. that's what i tell people because i think they think oh well i didn't go to the gym today it's so i'm not gonna do anything and it's like yeah. just go for a walk around the block for 10 minutes if you've got um Absolutely. a meeting have it on the phone and go around the block you know during your lunch hour i can't believe um, how many go around the blocks i do with the pram now yeah, that's, you know, that's our exercise. Yeah, that's all, yeah, you know, and, and, and that's good. Just, just grab those it. little bites of yeah. um, any opportunity to, to exercise, take the take the stairs instead of the lift, and all of that stuff. It really does does make a difference. Mm. You know? Yeah, so good. for sure. Well, yeah. I'm super keen to get into the nitty gritty with you. <laughs> yeah, sure. Tell <laughs> us a bit about what is MTHFR. Sure. The motherfucker gene. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. I've never looked at it like that. That's what everyone says to me. What is that test? <laughs> Love it. Yeah. Um, well, it's something well worth checking um, because it's a, it's a one-off test and it's handy information to know whether you're trying to conceive or not really mm-hmm. because it um, affects uh, everything, not just fertility. Yeah. Um, so it's basically to do with how you metabolise folic acid into its active form and how that then feeds into the homocysteine cycle. And that might sound a bit complicated, so I'm going to break that down for you a bit more. Um, to start with, I think there's great confusion about folic acid. Mm-hmm. So folic acid is not found in food. It's a synthetic form found in supplements and it has to go through several biochemical steps to become active folate. And that is the type of folate which we find in food. So your green leafy vegetables, orange juice, things like that. Um, Active folate is also found in supplements under the name uh, 5-MTHF, which Mm -hmm. is 5-methyl-tetrahydrofolate. It's the the long (laughs) name. (laughs) Or you might see quatrifolic, Mm -hmm. uh, which is folate uh, bound to a glucosamine salt. And that has actually recently been found in a study to reduce the risk of miscarriages in women who test positive for the MTHFR C677T polymorphism. That's what that's what they call mm-hmm. it. So the old advice was that obstetricians um, they used to say that women take uh, five milligrams of folic acid. Yeah. Um, that's now outdated, and the new advice is that they take 800 micrograms of 5-MTHF as quatrifolic, and that's what I've chosen to use in the natural base range. So um, along with um, 
the folate along with the B12, vitamin B6 and B2 feed into the homocysteine cycle. Homocysteine is an amino acid and it recycles into another amino acid called thionine, which recycles back into homocysteine and so on. But it can't do that properly if any of those B vitamins are depleted. Um, and that's where the NTHFR fits in. So if a woman doesn't have enough folate, then homocysteine levels can build up in the blood and that can cause blood clots and then a miscarriage. So that's, that's how that fits into fertility. Awesome. I think people mm. are going to be rewinding and re-listening to that yes. a couple of times. <laughs> yeah. But I love it. Does Do you think that everybody needs to worry about it? Well, uh, about MTHFR? Yeah. Um, I, I think it's it's worth checking because um, because it's causing blood clots, then yes. that's obviously going to affect your um, cardiovascular system. Mm. So you're at risk of stroke later on or heart disease. And, you know, if someone comes in to see me and they've got a family history of heart disease and stroke, yeah. um, that's, a, you know, sort of a classic sign of, well, you know, yes. we definitely need. But I, I test everyone for MTHFR. Mm. I just think it's, it's, it's just a one-off test, so why, why wouldn't you do it? And yeah. um, very rarely someone will, will come back and um, that, you're testing for two genetic polymorphisms. So so there's C677T, which is the one associated with blood clots, and then there's A1298C, and that's not – there's not a lot of research done on that one, but um, basically those people need a lot more, um, a higher level of antioxidants. And um, I tested positive for that one, actually. That's um, on heterozygous. So what, you, what your result comes back with is heterozygous or homozygous. And what they mean is <coughs> heterozygous is, means that you've inherited it from one parent. Mm -hmm. homozygous means that you've inherited it from both yeah. so when it comes to the c677t polymorphism if you're homozygous you've got a 20 percent um ability to, to metabolize that folic acid into its active form mm, so, it's um, so you know um it's really really affected sorry 40 percent. there's 20 percent of the population oh yeah it's positive for homozygous yeah 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 so it's a 40 percent um ability yeah and you went through the folate versus um, methylated folate. Where is folinic acid falling into that? So folinic acid comes just before. There's another biochemical step before it's um, converted into the into the 5-MTHF, and you actually need enough B2 and magnesium to help that happen. Mm -hmm. um, so oh, I love folinic acid. The problem is that the type of raw material that they use in supplements, um, you're, you're actually only going to absorb around half of it. Um, with quadrifolic, you'll absorb all of it. Yeah, and that's why in the trimester one formula, I've got 500 micrograms of quadrifolic because it's vital to take that form at that stage of the pregnancy until the neural tube closes at six weeks. Um, but the um, folinic acid... That's in the preconception along with the 5-MTHF because there's another there's another whole topic there, but you can, be, you can become over-methylated. Yes. And that's, that's another whole um, yes. thing, but, but people can look up that. But, um, yeah, so, so and probably... that one, you know, I'm quite often prescribing that one three times a day. Yeah. So, you know, you just wouldn't want to go too high with the, with the quadrifolic unless you're homozygous. Yeah. For C677, but that's only 20% of the population, so you, you wouldn't give that to everyone. And so I think that's where a, a knowledgeable uh, practitioner comes in to help you. Absolutely. You know, you Guide you. Build up that yeah. methyl, that methyl sure. pathway. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah, cool. Um, yeah. Talk to me about B12 versus yeah. B12. Um, yeah. You know, not, not yeah. all being equal. <laughs> 
Um, and Absolutely. you know, oh, yeah. just, it's so frustrating to me that people go out and they buy supplements thinking they're doing the right thing. They spend their money on oh, it. I don't know if I'm, and they're getting cheap crap. And that, yeah, I can't could be stand possibly the junk that's on making, supermarket yeah, shelves. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> making things possibly worse, which is um, what could be happening with a crappy B12 or a poor yeah. um, folate yeah. or especially yeah. if they have an MTHFR defect of some kind. Um, mm. Yeah, so B12. Um, so there's four types of B12 used in supplements and probably the most common type is the cheaper form, which is cyanocobalamin. Mm-hmm. Um, and what that is is cyanide attached to cobalamin. Great. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I don't use it. Yeah. <laughs> Methylcobalamin and adenosylcobalamin are two active forms of B12 mm-hmm. um, and they have very different biochemical roles in the body. So methylcobalamin is a methyl group attached to cobalamin and that's involved in the formation of blood homocysteine metabolism and the development of the brain during childhood. Adenosylcobalamin is involved in carbohydrate, fat and amino acid metabolism and a deficiency of that one interferes with the formation of myelin. Mm-hmm. Um, so my favourite is hydroxocobalamin and that's the type found in food which naturally converts into the two active forms. So that, that's my preferred form. Absolutely. problem is, is that the raw material is really, really difficult to um, get so you okay. need to, you know, but I've got a good supply now so <coughs> we might run out of hydroxocobalamin now. Good, good. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, and it's extremely expensive and that's, yeah. uh, I mean, yeah. this is, the reasoning behind some why companies choose particular raw materials is the cost. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and yeah. if somebody goes to the shelf and they see a B12 for 10 bucks and they see a B12 for 40 bucks, mm. they're going to go, well, I just want B12. Like, what, mm. you know, why would mm. I pay $40 for that? Yeah, yeah. Um, something to note about the hydroxycobalamin actually is that that is the type that's used when they give you a B12 injection. So when you go to the doctor, yeah. that's what they're giving you, mm-hmm. hydroxycobalamin. Okay. Just injected straight into the body. And actually it's interesting, a study came out showing that um, that it was actually just as well absorbed orally as it was intramuscular. Okay. So yeah, um, great. Yeah, so there's no need to, to get the injection. Mm. I, um, I love listening to you talk. <laughs> I do, I do. And like and you know, I said people are gonna rewind this podcast and it's exactly what I do with your seminars and I'm I'm listened to the start of um this one in particular maybe four times now in the bath when I have my <laughs> me time. I listen to mine as well. Yeah, yeah, because it's the only quiet time we get, right? Exactly. Um, yeah. And this one's a nerdy question for me, but I'm sure, sure there'll be other nerds out there listening in. Why, why are you testing for C-reactive protein to determine the ferritin reliability in tests? Okay, so C-reactive protein is a measure of inflammation in the body Mm -hmm. and sometimes ferritin, which is our iron stores, uh, can be falsely raised when there's inflammation. So a high ferritin may not necessarily mean that you've got high iron stores. It may indicate inflammation. So that's why both tests should always be done together. Love it. Yeah, yeah, and um, and often they're not. No, this um, is definitely not. But you should always do that. (laughs) <laughs> so looking at C-reactive protein, your ferritin, your MTHFR, uh, are you testing for things like zinc, yep. iodine, thyroid? Mm, like iodine, that? yeah, it's it's difficult. So, okay, so here's the thing with, with iodine mm-hmm. tests. So um, <laughs> the 24-hour testing is pretty accurate, mm-hmm. um, but... Uh, man, that 
that's an expensive test. I don't mm-hmm. like doing a whole lot of expensive tests, yeah. and I think you can get a lot of information just from doing a thyroid function test. Yeah. Um, Is that a and if you do a panel? If you do, uh, yeah, so yeah. I always go TSH, T4, T3. Sometimes, you know, if, if, if there's some abnormalities there, then I'll go for yeah. thyroid antibodies, yeah. reverse T3. Um, yeah. Um, always start with, with the minimum and just dig a, a bit deeper if you need to. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and, um, yeah, if you do a spot um, urine iodine test, all that's telling you is what you've had in the previous 48 hours, whether that's from supplements or your food. Mm. It's not giving you a, a, an indication of it's your body's health. So it's just not accurate. Yeah. 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 Mm. We're going to move um, into the um, what would you recommend segment of this podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Because oh, I just there's so I think we will definitely be doing a follow up podcast with you because there's just sure. so much information. I'm sure we're going to get loads of questions through on this. Um, yeah. But what's the first thing that you would recommend people do if they're wanting to have a baby or start trying? Okay, so plan to do a preconception care plan for four months before you think about trying, and that's for every couple, not just couples who are struggling to conceive. So the, the problem is, is I get a lot of people coming to see me when they've already been trying. Yes. <laughs> they've already gone down the IVF route and hasn't worked or, or whatever, but mm-hmm. um, everybody should be doing a preconception care plan. We live in a toxic world, and babies, they've tested the core blood of babies, and, you know, the, the core blood actually has, before they're even born, they have over 300 toxins <laughs> in their blood. How mm-hmm. does that get in there? Because the mother's breathing it and we're eating it, we're drinking it in our water supply or whatever it is. You need to clean up everything in your environment. And um, there'll be so many things. I've never met any couple that's been perfect yet. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you know, you know yeah, that's, that's got the water filter installed and they're eating organic food and they're, you know, like, all of that stuff, you yeah. know, you need to clean up everything first. And that's going to ideally produce the, mo- the most healthy, mm-hmm. you know, best baby, less risk of miscarriage. Well, well yeah, and, and not just that, an intelligent baby. Yes. I mean, you know, <laughs> it's like the way I describe it is it's, it's like building a house, right? So you lay the concrete foundation. And then you put the bricks on. And if you've got a brick missing, what happens? You get floods, you get all sorts of things happening to that house, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, what do you think happens if you've got a nutrient missing for that baby? Mm. Something's going to happen. And we, whether that is, um, you know, because even nutrients, they've, they've shown that that it, that it contributes to the bone structure. So even the, the look of your baby. So your yeah. baby's going to be more beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> it's, just, it's just a fact. And if you is... want a beautiful, intelligent, healthy baby, um, <laughs> you just give them all the building blocks yeah. to, to you know, think of it as, as, as building, if you like. <laughs> this is going to be really important for mum too because, um, you know, like Bubba takes a lot of our stored Vitamins, um, mm. nutrients, mm. Um, you know, like a DHA alone to form the brain. Mm. Um, Absolutely, it being a huge and part of baby brain. That's that's another thing. Um, you know, I I do get a lot of women coming to see me after they've finished having their babies, and they're still struggling yeah. with depression or anxiety or. Yeah. Um, stress and these, these mothers are so worn out and yep. depleted and just you know so if they depleted. adjust yeah you're already depleted and then you conceive and give your baby what little you do have and then yeah. you've got the the breastfeeding you've got the you know or the, the oh, or even a bottle feeding the life the life life yeah, yeah it's yeah. really hard and yeah. I was reading Nikki that um 
just from my memory, 70% of our toxic load in the first six months of breastfeeding um, mm-hmm. goes into baby as well. Mm. So worth cleaning up for that alone. It, uh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I went to a webinar actually, a, sorry, a seminar there. Um, I think it was Angela Highwood. And yes. um, and yeah. she mentioned how babies, um, some babies are refusing breast milk and it's oh. and toxicity could be a, a result of wow. that. You know, like you know, the women who are struggling to breastfeed. Yeah. So they think just kind that of their sense. milk is too yeah. toxic. Yeah. 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 Mm. Yep. Mm. Absolutely. So mm. insane. Yeah, for me, sure. I'm still struggling to build up my iron content after having my barber. Mm. She's 11 months old now. Yeah. So very difficult because yep. I was depleted when I started. You know, she took what little I had, maybe if I had any, and then yep. hemorrhaging um, during the birth. And then I'm still really mm. struggling with that. Yeah, and, and that's what I say to women as well, you know. Um, I really try to get that ferritin level up around 80 before they even try to conceive. Mm. Um, and that's why you do a preconception care plan to build up those nutrient stores because in that first trimester you're going to not take iron because it's going to cause, yeah. well, for most women it will cause morning yeah. sickness. Yeah. Um, you're going to become a bit depleted and so their ferritin is probably going to be about 50 by the time they get to week 13. Um, and then you're just, the doubling in the blood volume even if you take um, 50 milligrams of iron um, through the trimester two and three, um, you'll only be you'll, be, you'll you'll just be giving what you, what you actually need. You know, yeah. <laughs> that's your your baby, and, mm. and you, you're, you're going to need that um, just to get through that, that the rest of that pregnancy. And if you have a postpartum hemorrhage, you're in trouble. You know, yeah. you, you, um, if your levels aren't high enough. Um, if you're depleted, um, you know you're you're going to end up with a blood transfusion. Or, um, yeah, I was in big trouble. Prince, <laughs> yeah, really, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's yeah. Um, and I and I had a postpartum hemorrhage actually um, with with Phoenix, um, and um, I was really grateful that I'd actually been taking a lot of iron mm. <laughs> in the lead up to that, and they wouldn't let me go actually from the from the birth room. They kept saying, "Stand up, do yeah. I was going, "I just want to go." Yeah. <laughs> Lie down and relax, mm. you know. But it's um, but they take it really seriously. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Mm. Mm. And mm. so, first thing to do if um, people have been trying and there's nothing happening. Okay, so visit your GP, get a complete blood workup, and get a referral to a specialist so you can have some more tests done, like an HSG for the female partner, yeah. a sperm test that's going to be a lot more accurate than the ones you'll get through a GP. Um, and you don't have to feel pressured into going down the IVF path. Uh, but it's good to know what your options are. Get the test results and then work together with your naturopath. <laughs> and how? <laughs> you know, that's, um, they're yeah. they're going to have access to, we to, can to tell. some fantastic tests. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how far in are we talking? Because I've had a lot of women coming to me and saying, you know, we've been trying for three, four, five months, nothing. Doctor won't do anything until 12 months. Yeah, right. Well, it depends on how old they are generally yep. Um, yep. because if they're over 35, then it's six months. Mm-hmm. Um. <sighs> If they really, I, I would. What I would be doing is just saying, look, I can send you for a blood test, but you have to pay the yep. lab for it. Um, and or you know, if you get as many tests as you can from the, from the GP in terms of um, they should they sh- the GP should be doing nutrient yep. tests at least or yep. um, their normal hormone tests. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's surprising. If, if the GP's saying no. I'd be seeing a different GP yeah. um, and just say, you know, I really want to pre- – just say I want to prepare for pregnancy and yes. I want to do everything possible and I want to get these nutrient tests done and check my thyroid function and they should do at least some of them. Yeah, good. Um, but that referral to a specialist, yeah, they might wait 12 months. Cool. 
and mm. um, people who've experienced the um, miscarriages? Miscarriages. So um, definitely get a full set of blood tests, including MTHFR and progesterone. The progesterone needs to be seven days after ovulation. So you need to use your ovulation predictor kits to know when you're ovulating and then do the test seven days later. Mm-hmm. Um, and get your partner to have a sperm test because I've often found in my clinic that the issue is with the quality of the sperm rather mm-hmm. than an issue with the female partner. And I quite often find that men are very reluctant, yeah, very reluctant. <laughs> to do to take supplements or do anything. And in mm. fact, even getting them to do a sperm test is such hard work sometimes. It's like, hey, guys, you know, half of the DNA comes from them and yeah. if they want to be supportive. <laughs> and all I have to do is a preconception care plan for mm. four months. It's easy. Mm. You know, a woman has to do that and then she has to go through pregnancy and she'll go through, you know, one or two years of breastfeeding and it's like, man, <laughs> I've got the easy deal. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but I go into great detail in all of my courses on the Nikki Warren Naturopath side about all of that stuff. So that's and, for the general um, public. They can just people can go and sign up for mm-hmm. a course with you and get to know yep. exactly what they should be doing, expecting, knowing. Yep. I love that. That's really empowering women. Um, and you know, then I guess if the men are reluctant, we've got something up our sleeve to kind of talk to them about and have that information at hand. Absolutely. And the, and then if they watch the male fertility webinar and they see the research behind, um, cause I think men in particular really need data. <laughs> they really need research and, um, you know, and, and then they sort of come around and they go, oh, okay, I can see how, how important this is. Um, and, and that hopefully would be enough that they'd go, okay, yep, I'm in, I'm going to take the supplements, we're going to have a healthy baby. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, yeah, the reason I did these courses is because I found myself repeating the same thing over and over again. And, yes. um, <laughs> and, and, and <laughs> well, not just that. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I just thought there's got to be a better way of just, you know, giving them all of the prep work so that, mm. you know, I, and I don't know about you, but when I hear something for the first time, it goes straight over my head. And then you hear it a second time, it becomes familiar, and by the third time you finally understand, you know. Yeah. And um, I think it's a great help for patients to understand what their practitioners are talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, and I believe knowledge is power. You know, if you understand the reasoning behind why you're doing certain things, then you're more likely to do it. So um, that's just going to motivate them. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Mm. Traditionally, naturopath Mm. herbalists, we've always um, attempted to give that knowledge and power back to the client. Yeah. So that they can have that autonomy over their own health. So I think absolutely. And, and the best thing for me is when it, when a client comes back to me and says, "I don't need you anymore." Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. Or you call them just to I've see how they're going, job, and they're like, "I'm really well. I'm so sorry. Yeah. I don't. I don't need to come." I'm like, "That's great. Yes, that's perfect. <laughs> that's exactly what we want." Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Um, people can find you. It's um, NikkiWarrenNaturopath.com. Yes, that's where the course and is up. And then if they want to find out more on your supplements, naturalbest.com. Yes. Yeah. Perfect. For sure. Yeah. And yeah. You have a Facebook page. I do. Um, I do have two Facebook yeah. pages and, and two um, Instagram pages, actually. <laughs> Quite hard to keep on top of them, but yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, people. I've got some. Um, Nikki Warren Naturopath is actually a personal Instagram um, page, but you can follow me there, um, or Naturobest as a business page, um, and the two Facebook pages. Um, Naturobest Oz actually is the is the Facebook page. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. My Instagram is um, MG Herbs Official, I think now. 
because we, right. we couldn't get what we wanted, yeah. Yes, I know. Oh, man, Facebook is hard to deal with. <laughs> Nikki, I can't thank you enough for giving us some of your time today and coming on the cast and talking about this stuff because um, it's so, so important. And since I had a baby, I find that there's more and more women coming to me to work out their uh, fertility and have their babies and things like that. So it's really something that a lot of my listeners and clients will um, love to listen to. My pleasure. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Anytime. And, um, Looking forward to the next one. Yeah. If we get loads of questions, <laughs> we'll get we'll get on it again and we'll chat. Yeah. yeah absolutely. Thank Sounds Thank good. Thank you for your time. Cool. Thank Talk you. Soon. <laughs> yeah, okay. If you like what we do here at The Naked Naturopath, then be sure to rate, review and subscribe to this podcast so you never miss an episode. To learn more about Mel and MG Herbs, jump onto mgherbs.com, follow us on Facebook at MG Herbs Australia and Instagram at MG Herbs Official. Please keep in mind that all advice and opinions on The Naked Naturopath are not individualized. To get the right advice for you, be sure to make a booking with Mel or your health professional. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst The Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of The Wellness Couch podcasts.